0: Welcome to another episode of Grief Talk. Everything you want to know about grief and more. I'm your host, Vaughn Solis. As an author, life transformation coach, online instructor, and bereaved mom since 2005, I'll be bringing you great content that is informative, inspiring, and practical. Whether you have suffered a loss or other adversity, Stay tuned and tapped in as I cover a variety of topics to help you get where you want to go on your journey to heal and grow. Today's guest is Tina Brigley. Tina is a motivational speaker, coach, and entrepreneur. She has been featured in USA Today, Forbes, and named Thrive Global Top 10 Coaches to Look For in 2021. Tina is on a mission to help women reclaim their feminine power and boss their life and business. And have we got a great show for you? Hey, so welcome to the show, Tina. Today I wanted to uh, welcome to my audience, uh, listeners and viewers, Tina Brigley. Uh, Tina, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so fun. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Now, uh, for my viewers and listeners, you might be wondering why I would be inviting a high-performance coach to a Grief Talk podcast. But as you know, the tagline in this podcast is, Everything you want to know about grief and more – And coaching and anything we do to do with personal growth, personal development, consciousness expansion, and so on, really falls into the category of and more and so with tina tina and i connected uh, actually recently but um as i mentioned to her when we were talking um offline privately you know she's got such a uh, a joyous being and a and, and and a sparkle to her that number one caught my eye but also what tina as a coach um basically practices, believes in, and teaches, uh, aligns with a lot of what I believe in, in my personal world, in my own coaching world, and for sure, uh, as it pertains to healing. And so it is on that note that I wanted um, all of us to get to know Tina a, a little bit more. She's the real deal. She is authentic, and I'm all about authenticity. And um, just have a conversation with Tina uh, about her experiences, what she's doing, some of the concepts and principles she's practicing and teaching in her life, and how they can help you wherever you are in your either struggle to recover from some type of adversity or even devastating loss. That's where I step in. I can always, uh, you know, fill in those little gaps that I understand uh, the grieving world needs so much. Um and also, uh, if you are just really trying to change, rebrand, recalibrate your life, rethink your life, I'm absolutely certain that you're going to find some of what we're talking, if not all of what uh, Tina and I are talking about today, to be of absolute great help. So on that note, Tina, I am going to turn to my first question. And what I really wanted uh, to find out a little bit more about um my myself is um you and you and I are aligned in when you talk about we have to experience what we what we experience to be who we are today and that is just so true and so while we'll delve into that a little bit more it does, form the foundation for a couple of other, um, you know, things we're going to be talking about in this episode. But I wondered if you could just let us know a little bit more about uh, who you are, what you do,
1: and how you came to do it. So who I am? Well, first of all, I'm a mother. And the reason why I start off with saying I'm a mother is because the reason for my existence, I swear, is, is to raise my beautiful daughters. I mean, they are just extraordinary human beings. They motivate me to be better. And so I am a mother. I'm a coach, uh, but I was an elementary school teacher for 14 years. I taught students with special needs. And, uh, you know, now I call myself an authentic leadership coach. And the reason why I believe that I'm an authentic leadership coach is because I practice what I preach and I preach what I practice. Um, on a regular and I really do believe that the only difference between someone who's inauthentic and authentic is authentic people are aware of when they're being inauthentic and I can tell you i'm inauthentic all the time when i'm afraid <laughs> when i'm playing small, but I notice it and I catch it and it's really a passion of mine to help leaders become more authentic by being aware of where they're being inauthentic, not only in their business, but in their life, in their grieving, you know, I'm not a grief coach, but I mean, just this year alone, I lost my stepbrother, I lost my father, I lost my nephew. Oh, wow. There's been a lot of upheaval. I lost my business, I divorced my husband. When you look at all those things, um, there is a process of letting go of all of that. And um, people ask me, you know, with this genuine sincerity, are you okay? And before I would say, yeah, I'm fine. And that was fake. That wasn't the truth. It was inauthentic because inside I was dying, but I was too afraid to share how I was really feeling on the inside. So now when people ask me, are you okay? I'm like, let me think about that. That is, I
0: I just want to interject for a second, Tina, that is so powerful, and I'm going to let you continue uh, talking about who you are and what you do, but I want to stop for just a quick second there, because a lot of what I do as well is uh, based in owning our truth, and we can't move forward if we don't own our truth. As frightening as it is for other people to hear, uh, as annoying as it is for other people to hear, but more importantly and then I'm going to let you get back to it, as afraid we are that it's going to mar us in some way and kind of kick us out of the game or keep us out of the game. And when we're coming from a lot of adversity, And everything you mentioned about loss is grief, divorce, and I'm very, very, very sad to hear about all the human losses you have experienced as well. Those ones are tough, including your nephew, that had to have been incredibly difficult. Um, So I'm just saying, and a reminder for the audience, this grief is about a lot of things, and no one can escape it. So Thank you for sharing about that. You want to be honest and authentic by saying, you know what? I'm going to think about, I'm going to think about whether I'm okay. And part two to that is whether or not you're going to tell someone I'm going to, I'm, that's in general terms, folks, but at least think about telling the truth to others, whether, or even yourself, whether or not you're okay. So getting back, moving
1: on who you are. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny because, when people ask me, who are you? you? We usually talk about our job titles. I'm a coach. I'm a business owner, but that's not who I am, who I am as a leader, who I am as authentic, who I am is a vulnerable human being that really deeply, deeply cares about the world that I live in. And yes. um, I feel in my heart that I have a gift to give to the world. I don't know why I have this gift or why I was given, you know, I used to call it the sh- of the stick yeah (laughs) sorry I can't swear (laughs) we'll have to I used to call it the crap end of the stick thank thank you Tina (laughs) the crap end of the stick because I thought why why is this happening to me um but now in hindsight I see everything that happened didn't happen to me it happened for me it led me exactly to where I am today And so I have a different view about my life and I feel um, the blessings that my life has given me, even though at times it felt really hard, it felt really challenging. um, It was all an opportunity to really become more resilient, more focused, um, and, and more in tune to who authentically I'm supposed to be. This is so, this is so powerful.
0: And I just wanted to quickly ask you there. Um... Can you give, without diving into a lot of depth about these experiences, but when you say that you felt like you had the crap end of the stick. A lot of people feel that way. Can you just give a few examples about what was happening in your life to make you feel that way? The reason I'm asking is, again, so people who are listening or watching this can relate and go, yes, and then look at you because we're going to be talking about how to get out of that. So what were some of those, like, briefly experiences that you went through?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, um one of the biggest things, one of the biggest challenges that I had growing up was my dad had schizophrenia. So my home life was very unpredictable. And I didn't really, I became a parent at a very young age because I was taking care of my dad when I was 11 years old, helping him through his depression, helping him through his episodes. Um, And then my mom didn't know how to really deal with it. So I like to say she used work as an exit strategy to avoid life. So she worked midnights, She was rarely home. So that was one of the things, of course, like the typical stuff, divorce. But on top of that, I mean, our family, when we were going through my dad's depression and um, his suicidal tendencies and he tried to commit suicide, then our house burned down. My parents got divorced. I went to a school. I was bullied for two years to the point of like being afraid for my life. Um, And then it just went on and on and on. And there's just things like I witnessed um, my friend tried to commit suicide. I found him in his car, saved his life. Um, I, I witnessed an accident where somebody literally caught on fire in front of my eyes and burned alive in a car. And I was like helpless. So, I mean, there's so many things, I mean, yeah, really graphic, but oh. i say I've been through it. I've seen it. I've done it. You I have really have. Yeah, you have.
0: So, Folks, again, viewers, listeners, don't think that um, anybody you see who looks so together and... Shining, we are we become shining lights because of what we've gone through and have decided we don't want that to reflect who we are as human beings. So, Tina, it is so understandable why you are an authentic leader filled with compassion and empathy just because of all of these experiences that you have described that nobody would want to go through. And by the way, we have a lot of similar things. Um, in alignment from our pasts in terms of suicide attempts and stuff like that by a parent Um, and I don't really do a lot of public work about that but you know maybe you and I can have some other conversations about things that we're talking about right now. So I, I want to, in getting to know sort of what led you to do what you now do as a as a coach and in leadership and so on, was there a defining moment? You said you were an educator for 14 years. What was the thing that made you decide that you wanted to go into coaching?
1: Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is I remember walking into work on a Monday morning Mm -hmm. and I was wishing that it was Friday. And then I had this, you know, I was observing myself because I thought, man, every Monday I wish it was Friday. And then every Thanksgiving, I wish it was Christmas and Christmas. I wish it was March break and March break. I was wishing for the summer and I had this realization that I felt like I was wishing my life away. I dreaded going into work, but I felt really truly guilty and shameful about that because I went to school, I had an education. I made over a hundred thousand dollars a year. I had 12 weeks vacation, pension benefits, all those things, all those boxes were checked but inside I felt like there was something more for me. I really believed that this wasn't really where I was supposed to be, but I didn't know where I was supposed to be. I just knew that there was something missing in my life. And this was right around the time too, where I said I recently got divorced. My husband and I separated in 2015, got back together, and we got back together for three years. Then we just recently separated. It's very amicable, but there was a lot of change going on in my life with my relationship, with my business. And I had this awakening of, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And I remember I had a conversation with a coach and she asked me you know, the question, do you want to be a teacher? or Do you want to be a coach? Because I had just signed up for a health coaching program to try and find purpose in my life, to try and change my life. And uh, I remember thinking, well, of course, I would love to be a coach, but nobody just gives up a job. Nobody just quits something to do something else. Like that's just selfish, (laughs) you know? Well, and financially, a lot of uh, people, uh, myself included,
0: have turned down opportunities because it just wasn't the right time. And, you know, you, you, you maybe are needing to, you know, look after your obligations and stick to that job. And, you know, deep down inside, I love what you're talking about, that moment or moments where, you know, I... I'm so out of alignment with my life right now, but I don't know how to change this. It happens to all of us when we start to tap into our authenticity, which can be from experiences. It can be from a changing mindset. It is, you you know, you have to, you don't just become authentic one day. We have to work at it. And that's why there's tools, there's teachers, you know, there's practices, there's commitment. There's a lot of things that help us find our authenticity, and more importantly, stick to our authenticity when the challenges become too much and we want to give up, which I'm sure, uh, possibly have happened to you, Tina. They happen to me all the time. It's like, you know, oh, can I keep going? But that's a whole other different, different topic. So I really love what you're saying, uh, particularly, uh, I wished every Monday was Friday and after wishing every holiday was longer or the next one in sight and eventually saying, you were wishing your life away. Key key point to focus on, because I personally believe a majority of people feel like that. They may not be able to put it in those exact words, but I do believe that based on how much unhappiness there is in the world. would What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, and I, I talk about like chains versus choices. I feel that there's these unconscious things that hold us back. We don't really know why, but we tell ourselves a whole bunch of lies to keep us exactly where we are. Um, one of the lies is I don't have a choice. I went to school for this. Uh, I can't make any other money Uh, i'm selfish I don't deserve to have something better in my life it's not going to work, so I feel like we tell ourselves these lies and they chain us and then we have things that happen in life, where we make decisions about ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't handle this. And we add more and more chains. And I feel like as women in particularly, we don't just put our own chains on ourselves. We get chains put on us from society, from our upbringing, from programming. And um, and choice is very different, right? Choices when we want something and we just choose it without the constraint of Thinking about the future, thinking about the money, thinking about all these things, all these chains that we put on ourselves. We just think about if I were to just choose it, what would that look like? To just, I want this because I want it. I want something different because I want something different. I'm going to go after after this job because I want to go after this job. Where we don't think about, you know, some people say, well, isn't that irresponsible? Aren't you worried about finances? And I think in my situation, being a coach, I really firmly believe that I get to choose. I try not to think about the the losses, but I think about the gains. What is there to gain? And what are the actions I get to take? So I just want to clarify, when you talk about the path of least resistance, are you
0: talking about all these choices, these lies that we tell ourselves that that's kind of, um, tempts us into just doing whatever's easy as well, or is that different from the lies we tell ourselves?
1: Yeah, so i i like to i like to characterize this as like decisions versus choices as well you know the the latin word um d de and c side is, side is like scissors like it means to cut off and um or sorry d means off and says means cut so cut off so sometimes when we're making decisions mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're thinking about all the past we're t- thinking about the future, and then what we're doing is we're eliminating choices. And what we usually tend up, tend to do is we create a decision based on the path of least resistance. So, what's going to be the easiest for me? Now, this is an example. You know, say there's a couple, and I'll use my own life for an example. My sure. husband and I, like I said, were separated in 2015. We got back together in 2018 we just recently separated again so when we got back together for the second time i knew in my heart we weren't meant to be back together i realized that i was back together because i couldn't stand being away from my children and i was thinking i made a decision well, this this and this was good and this this and this wasn't I was weighing the pros and the cons. I get to have this and then I chose the path of least resistance was like just staying with him and pretending that I was OK and pretending that everything was fine and have our perfect little family. And but inside my heart was like, oh, by doing that, what am I giving up? What am I sacrificing my own internal happiness? But that was the easiest thing to do because the alternative was, oh man, now we have to sell our house. We have to split our assets. We have to go to lawyers. All of these things become like obstacles. And we have all these obstacles and we think about all the work to remove all of those obstacles. And we make a decision. Now that's too much work. Yes. Yes. And, And so I realized, okay, so what if I only had to focus on one obstacle and then another and then another and when those will obviously they will go away everything will be figured out because everything's you know as marie forleo says everything's figure outable um what will i be left with peace mm-hmm. of mind of happiness of knowing in my heart that that was the right decision because um the other thing that I know to be true is that when your heart is calling for something else, when your intuition is calling for something else, you'll start your body has this innate wisdom. It will start giving you signs that something needs to be transformed. Something is not aligned. And a lot of people get disease, disease in their body because there's something misaligned, but they won't pay attention because it takes too much work. So I feel like we go through life, avoiding the work. And what we sacrifice is our happiness, is our coming to our internal essence, it, our compass, the inside, who we're actually destined to be. And the more things that happen in our life, the more chains we put on, the more resistance, the harder it's, it seems to remove those obstacles because it's almost like a link you know, life happens, you add a chain and then you add another link and another link and then you add this stuff. People just get so overwhelmed that they believe there's no possible way this can ever be different because I just can't do it. Remember those lies I was telling you about? Yes, yes. I'm not strong enough. Yeah. I can't handle this. Yeah. I can't do that. And it's just lies to keep us on the path of least resistance. If, if I didn't know better, I'd say you wrote my first book.
0: <laughs> because I basically, basically, uh, we're, we are absolutely kindred uh, sisters uh, in, in terms of what we believe, teach, uh, whoever our audience is. I believe in everything you, you just finished saying. Um, that is exactly uh, what I am aligned with. So when you talk about stagnation, uh, well, I want to ask you uh, quickly a couple of things. First of all, what does it feel like for you? And what you talked about using your divorce as an example was extremely helpful because, uh, look, there's a lot of divorce. Um, Everything you mentioned about divvying up the assets, having to sell the house, having to give up what's like super comfortable, which we can call status quo, we can call it stagnation and so on. But and I love that you said taking one obstacle at a time. It's so important to remember that you know we're really not equipped to handle. I'll do ten things at once. I mean, we might do them, but eventually you burn out and so on. So taking one problem, one obstacle, one decision, one choice at a time—that um, is—is essentially I have to live like that. I have to because of uh, managing my health and so on. Um, but what I wanted to ask you two things, we'll wrap this into one question. What did it feel like for you when you, um, made what sounds like to me, this is my real, like, this is my decision to keep my authenticity, to actually end the marriage this last time. Uh, and by the way, no harm in trying as many times as you want, folks, in my view. But anyway, what does it, what did it feel like in the happiness, in the authenticity, uh, part of it for you? And what did stagnation feel like?
1: You know, it's interesting because it felt painful. Ah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, remember I went for a walk and there was this conservation near my my house, like my house. So I'm walking the path and I'm going around and round in circles and circles and circles. Then after about the tenth lap, I saw this little path. And the path was along the creek and there's a whole bunch of debris. I wasn't sure where it was gonna take me, but I thought, how could I just walk around in circle and circle and not see this? So I decided to take it down this path. And there was like all this debris and rocks and mud. And so I just stretched through all of this thinking, oh my gosh, why did I do this? Why did I do this? This was a really not a very smart idea. And then at the end, there was a clearing. There was a path of beautiful trees. It was clear. And um, I remember seeing that and thinking about my relationship with my husband. We kept going around and around in circles getting personal development, getting coaching, getting therapy, trying to fix a problem. And I and then I just thought, what if there is no problem to fix? What if there is actually nothing wrong? We are just not meant to get to the next chapter together. We were supposed to be together. We were supposed to have children together. And when I had this realization, I asked myself this one question if the way things are right now is the way they were in 10 years from now, would I be okay with that? And the answer was no. Yeah, This was like 22 years of trying and working on it and trying to fit. Like I felt like a square peg in a round hole. And so I remember I took him to that same conservation area. And I said, you know, we've been going to counseling, we've been going to therapy, we've been doing things, and I love you with all my heart. And I know in my heart, we are not meant to be together um, because I love you. I need to let you go for me and for you. I'm holding myself back and I'm holding you back from having everything that you want in a partner. I can't give you that. And that was really painful in my heart to say those words, because for weeks I had process. What was I going to say? How was I going to feel? What was he going to say? What was he going to think? I created all of these stories. And then what he said really shocked me. He said, I completely agree. I feel the same way. Wow. I had spent years trying to f- work up the courage to say this, even though I knew it in my heart. And meanwhile, he like was not giving up on our relationship, but he said, it shouldn't be this much work.
0: Yeah. One thing I think women do is I think they try to solve um, problems for both parties in the relationship. (laughs) And there might be the rare case that uh, it's equal working and pulling together, but I also think we take a lot of the mental and emotional stress uh, on of when things don't feel authentic for us anymore. And it's like you say, you still really love the person, but sometimes your roads just come to an end because they need to for what you're going into in the future. So stagnation can feel like a lot of different things. But in my view, it feels mostly like you're you're just absolutely out of balance and, and trapped. What would you say stagnation feels like for, for you?
1: Uh, yeah, it's... Stagnation is not something I'm really accustomed to because I change so much. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, because when I start noticing it, like the, the feeling of stagnation for me is being stuck in a rut, being mm-hmm. stuck in um, a disempowered place mm-hmm. where uh, I feel like I don't have choice. And I think because for so many years I've really worked on this stagnation is not a possibility that I create in my life. So I feel it. And I I notice I look within right away um, because it's not a very good place to be. And I think it becomes a very bad habit and people spend most of their lives in bad habits. And then when they wake up, when they're sick, when they're dying, when they've had a major life trauma happen to them, you know, like they, they wonder what, what happened to my life?
0: Yeah. And I'll jump in there. So when I experience stagnation, it it probably is not exactly the right word to use for uh, my experience with it. But um, a lot of it I'll speak to very quickly here for um, again, the grieving community, um, I think we do get uh, stagnated in, uh, if that's a word, I think it is. But anyway, we'll we we'll feel stagnation in our grief. So I'll speak to it from more mental and emotional stagnation, where there are these feelings of pain, of hurt, of frustration, of hopelessness. Those are the types of, of things I sort of work in and how to unstick our mind from From the trappings of what has happened to us that has been so horrific or painful, you think nobody else could ever relate to it or understand it. So I actually applaud you, Tina, for being very, um, and I mean that with respect, um, You know, like for listening to the body, being aware of your body, being brave enough and courageous enough to go, you know what, I'm out of balance, I've got to change this, um, because it's key to moving forward. But again, I do want to remind viewers listeners, Tina spoke about the fact her marriage didn't end in one day. <laughs> it took, it took tries and years and, and, and thoughtful, um, d- you know, decision making when you finally parted and you parted in in love, it sounds like, as you say, and uh, trusting that the future is going to unfold for you the way it needs to unfold. But on that note, I just want to ask you, did it require a lot of trust for you? with this final parting we'll just say final parting um that your future was going to unfold the way you envisioned it and what do you do to keep the trust that
1: that's exactly what's gonna oh man i love these questions that you're asking because they're so so incredible and so deep because uh, i think it's all about trust and one of the things that i didn't do for many years was trust that you know whatever you believe in god the universe source whatever people say um i believe that if i'm on a path and it seems clear chances are it's not my path and um i trust that when things happen and i said this before but i'll say it again that they're not happening to me they're always happening for me there's a lesson that i'm learning that i need because I've seen it over and over and over again. Anything that's been traumatic or hard, it's always come around to be a blessing in my life. Yeah. And so I really start seeing things as blessings. And when you start seeing these things um, as blessings, you know, like my husband and I, we were arguing a lot. Now that we're separated, we're best friends. I call him all the time. I helped him move, he helped me move, he helps me around here. I mean, we really truly are friends, right? So I didn't know that. I thought it might be a little more bitter, a little more resentful, but it wasn't. And and this is the thing too, this is the strategy that I use on a daily basis. I feel like sometimes we have like what happened and then we had create a whole bunch of stories around what happened okay. and then you we collapse them as if what happened and the stories about what happened are one and so it's like what happened my husband and i separated that's yeah. it that's what happened all the other drama around it the, it doesn't matter you know even with my business partners you know they asked me to step down after building the business for two years And there was a whole bunch of stories I was creating in my head about worthiness and deservability and not enoughness. And I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what happened? They asked me to step down as co-founder. And I would think that that was like a major in the moment, man, this is such a major setback. I just got a divorce. I just bought a new house. Now, technically I'm out of work. I'm like, that's a story. It is. That is a story. Uh, You know, but you catch yourself in like, What's really happening? No, I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. I am a business owner. I'm an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Uh, Nothing, you know, I'm just going down a different path. And I trust with 100%, um, I believe in myself. And I believe that If it's happening to me right now, it's happening for me. It's teaching me a lesson and I just try and stay present right here, right now, what's happening right here, right now, try not to look back. And I try not to look too much too forward. Cause when I look back, I get depressed. When I look forward, I get anxious. And so I try and just, what do I need to focus on right now? And, it's really, really important for me. You know, we talked about stagnation and getting in that disempowered state. It's very important for me to shift my state. So if I feel myself in a state of being very disempowered or complaining or projecting or being a victim, I'll go for a walk. I'll exercise. I'll listen to meditation. I'll do like my positive intelligence reps. I'll do mindfulness, whatever it takes. To get out of that state, because I know it's a very, very slippery slope once you get there to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I really, truly believe that's how a lot of mental health issues get started, because we don't see ourselves slipping down the hole and we don't know how to get out. So I've been in that hole. I know what it's like to be severely depressed and anxious and feel like I have no hope and, um, and, and there's no way out, you know, where you have those thoughts of what the heck did I do? What's wrong with me? And so now because I've been down that hole and I got myself out, now I start seeing when I'm slipping and when I'm starting to slip, I have people that I reach out to. I, I take on coaching. I'll pretty much never be without a coach. Why? Mm-hmm. Because coaching is mm-hmm. my life with velocity. Yes. And so what a
0: lot of what you're talking about, Tina, affects, I think everybody, you know, and, and sometimes it gets really frustrating. Um, you know, when you're in a role of leadership, uh, leadership, uh, Author of books as I am, Um, I used to do one-on-one readings for people. I, uh, you know, I actually I didn't call it coaching because I came from a an an angelic world and I was able to uh, channel angels. And I used to do a lot of healings and stuff with people one-on-one. And I had to sort of give it up because it it my own health sort of took a dive. But I I wanted to touch very briefly, I mean, this is a a subject for a a different episode, actually an episode that we could dedicate to talking about. But when you have the trust, you know, I think faith comes along with the trust as well. We have to have faith, we need to have trust in ourselves, and we have to have trust in our choices, trust in our decisions, and so on. Um, But do you think there is a, a time, so in other words, we, do you think we have to, and people have to prepare for choices? Like when you were talking about leaving the marriage and you, did you think in advance before you made your final decision about I'm going to have to sell my home and here's how I could do that and here's what I could do with the proceeds and, you know, here's where I want to purchase my new place and the type of place I want to have and I can afford to have and the location. I mean, did you sort of plot all this out? When I say plot, Think about strategize with others before you reach that final decision, because we, I don't want to assume for anybody that they can make, we don't want people making rash decisions. So what's your advice to people in how to prepare to make some of the biggest decisions that could be painful, such as ending marriages or relationships where there is a lot of history, there's children, properties and so on the family breakup there can be a lot of grief with the family breakup um you know in in terms of of how that's going to impact everybody when that unit's no longer looking the same so sort of two things so did you strategize should people strategize and know what what the potential consequences and results of that decision could bring to them and then at the same time Do the meditation, do the walking, have the trust, have the faith. And I have always found when we make the decision, opportunities come. What's your feeling on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the second part is exactly how I feel. I think many people stay exactly where they are because they get so stuck in the logistics of what's next yeah and they try and over strategize over plan try and have everything figured out i have a shirt that says relax nothing is under control oh believe that that is the truth so the first thing that i did you know when i was really i I went to a silent retreat actually i went to a three-day silent retreat and i just got quiet for three days uh and i i meditated for three days and in the quiet, in the stillness, in quieting my voice, quieting my inner dialogue, you know, uh, it was really confronting because it didn't matter about the house, it didn't matter about the things, it didn't matter about how it was going to impact my children because I knew and I had faith that it, I was going to create it the way that it was gonna be. It was gonna go the way that I say it goes and i didn't have to have it all figured out i just had to that remember that one step is this something that i want in my life do i want to make this decision it's the same thing that happened with teaching when i was standing in my living room debating on whether or not i was going to quit teaching which was a huge decision all of this noise this mind chatter the but what about this and what about that and what about that And all of these things would have stopped me from actually just choosing. So I had to be very present and say, what do I want in this moment right now? And I said, I want to leave teaching. Okay, that's all you need to know right now. And I remember so many times talking to my friends and they would say, that is so selfish. You can't just go through life like that. You can't go through life just making these irrational decisions. And I say, what if they're actually rational? Yes, agreed. You know, what if they're actually what we're supposed to be doing, but our brain overrides our heart and all the past and all the future overrides our heart and what if we could just get into our heart and what does our heart want and believe believe that from that place you can't make a wrong choice and you are supported in that choice yeah yes there might uh, my implications of course yeah are, always
0: yeah i i really do a lot of um you know, soul searching, uh, make my own decisions and choices based on, on what my heart is telling me, even when they really are frightening. I do want to just remind again, the the, uh, audience that some decisions that we really know we need to make, at least this has been my experience, um, you know, like they can take a while to get there where the opportunities present in your mental state your physical environment that now I get to do this so I I don't want anyone thinking that oh we're supposed to go out and just because it feels wrong right this second I got to change my life which as Tina's talking about locks us into all kinds of mental blocks and physical blocks it's more about I am a big believer and Tina I'll ask if you Are too that the moment we tap into our authenticity, which expands, the more experience we get. Obviously, it's staying it's staying true to the authenticity uh, that that becomes the journey, um, and the opportunities come. Uh, But would you agree with me that people that need that feel out of alignment? and do actually figure out what they want to do next just pick one thing what what's one thing that you want to change next i i start in a lot of my practice and teaching with just pick one little thing just one little thing paint a room buy a candle that feels like you know it's empowering you in some way and then and this is for people who like basically can't get out of bed or leave their house or whatever coming from really tough pain but as and as we start to do these little things and trust ourselves and say yeah that actually does make me feel a little bit better, because I believe healing is a choice. I believe feeling better is a choice mentally. I believe that we can get out of bed and start our day feeling awful and crappy and wanting to just moan and whine about it, or say, and you can do this at any point throughout the day, I don't want to feel like this right now. It's of no benefit to me or anybody else. The bigger decision, decisions such as changing careers, ending careers, um, moving, separating, ending a relationship, all of those really big life event decisions. Um, would you agree that sometimes we need to just know in our mind and say, I've made my decision and then wait for the opportunity or just not wait, but, um, well, yes, maybe wait and seize the opportunity when the next decision we have to make presents itself. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So for me, it was interesting because when I left my teaching job, when I left my relationships, um, when I left my business partners and my seven, fi- seven figure business is what I had. I walked away from that. This is this was my experience for those major things that happened. I started not sleeping well. I was getting up every day at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I was feeling like physical pain in my body. There was my mind was scattered. It. I felt a lot of anxiety. It felt like everything was bubbling, 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 bubbling. And it got to the point where I knew in my heart, like I I didn't have the courage, but I could feel it, feel it, feel it. And then there's this moment where you just know it's an inner knowing and nobody can tell you to do it. Like it took me years, right? It took me lots of time. But when you know it, you have this pivotal moment where it's clear. There's clarity, there is peace in your heart in your soul. And then that's where you come from that place. But I find that what we do sometimes is we never allow ourselves that clarity because we stuff the emotions. Those strong emotions that are coming up are trying to get us to take action. And what we do instead is we go drink some wine or we, you know, uh, I don't know, go party or work a lot, or we try and do whatever, like, no, 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 I'm not feeling this way, I'm not feeling this way. And I say, just embrace all the feelings, strong, negative, positive, All of those feelings are there to wake you up to something that needs to be transformed. And if you allow it to in, if you allow it to flow, if you allow yourself to be with those emotions, there will be clarity. And in that clarity, you will know that you are on the right path. And I can't explain this. You got to experience it. And I just trust that people that are listening right now that might be in a situation where they're having a hard time getting out of bed, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it takes something to generate yourself when you're that low, when you're that stuck. But when you do that and you actually experience the emotions that you're feeling, Mm -hmm. And you get out and you let out the cries and you let out the anger and you let out the frustration and the annoyance and all of the stuff that's inside of you, you're going to start feeling your power come back.
0: Yes. I, one, I, I again, work a lot in personal power. I love that term. And I was always a little bit reticent to, you know, think that people got the word personal power. And I think they're starting to understand it a little more today. I'm going back a few decades. But, you know, on that note, I, wanted, I want to, again, tell the audience. So my moments of having to, um, when, when Tina, you're speaking about that, what it is inside that makes you want to get out of bed or whatever, Uh, You know, for me, I'm not sure if it's resolve, I'm not sure if it's our character, part of our personality, but I do know that we have that choice within us to um, connect to our authenticity, which is our personal power, gives to us our personal power, which helps us, as Tina was saying, make bigger decisions, make more choices develop greater trust have more faith and ultimately one day you just start realizing you are who you are meant to be and becoming um tina we're gonna be wrapping this up here in just a few minutes but i would just and you've already basically uh, said how, you know, for people, you've given, you know, some inspiration to people who are going through something right now that meet, you know, need to make a decision. Um, I, you also spoke about community. So, you know, I'll throw in a few things here. Journaling, to, you know, to try and find uh, an answer. You can journal, you can get quiet, meditate, listen, tap into your heart, uh, strategize both by yourself and with a with a, a trusted uh, loved one or um, friend. I always find when I'm feeling really kind of off, just having a great conversation with my sister um, helps me see things in a different light. Um, but there's so much more. Work with a coach. Work with uh, books. Uh, work with free resources online. You know, borrow books if you can't if you can't buy them. There's a library. Borrow books. Um, you know, be open to reading about other people's experiences and what they have done to help them get out of the darkness. Because we really do all face dark periods. And it's essential if we want to have a more expanded life. And we're always expanding our brains, we are, we, de- we are designed as humans to always expand. So we must be willing to embrace that and, um, and make the decisions that help us stay aligned with our authenticity. So Tina, as we um, close out on this one, this has been too short in a way, but um, an absolutely uh, empowering and impacting conversation with you. And I really hope that we can have a, another uh, discussion one day on on one or two topics that were so aligned, well, we're aligned on many, but you know, pick a couple and, and I'll, I'll, uh, I would hope to do that with you again, because I think it's just so informative for the audience. Um, but could you just let us uh, know before we close off on this one, I will have the links to how people can contact you, but would you like to just let people know how they can contact you if they want to know about more about your services, get in touch, like who do you coach, what's your target audience and, and where they can find you?
1: Yeah. So the best place to find me right now is on LinkedIn. Uh, Tina Brigley HPC uh, is I think my tagline, Uh, but really I help women reclaim their feminine power and I help them boss their life and their business and um, and really you there's a lot of a lot of women who want to be entrepreneurs or business owners and their businesses aren't growing they think it's because they don't have business strategy and I say it's because there's something incomplete from your past and um, it's not always what you know it's what you don't know that's hiding beyond your view that's stopping you so I want them to have freedom joy, ease, and flow in their life, hopping yes. um, into that feminine energy and um, and really, really, it's all about self-love. Yes. Learning to love yourself, learning to love the highs and the lows, the goods and the bads, and taking time for you. There's no mountain to climb.
0: <laughs> oh, no-
1: oh, I love that. There's no
0: mountain to climb. I'm writing that down. Tina, that's so wonderful, and um, basically, uh, I'm writing that down. Um, I just want to again remind folks uh, on these episodes I'm doing on uh, you know on my podcast that these are meant to um, not solve anybody's problem today. These are meant to just introduce you to people, to ideas, to tools, to resources, to information, and um, and uh, in the case of Tina. And anybody else that uh, I share a, a conversation with on this podcast, there's always resources and and to contact these people to to find a little bit more about how they can help you. Um, so again, links are going to be down there uh, below uh, the uh, episode description to contact Tina. And as her own business expands and grows, and she offers more services and so on, um, all of that you'll be able to find um, in the way that uh, you know Tina uh, shares that information. Tina, you do do um, is, you do weekly uh, videos as well, and I've seen them on LinkedIn. Now, are they for the general audience? or Are they specifically for people who want to get into coaching?
1: Uh, no, so the, the beauty of this now is that I, you know, people say, niche, 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 you need to work with this. I'm like, no, I work with human beings. Okay. I want to level up in their life. So my messaging is going to be about life. Not just business, not just coaching, not just for coaches, but for people that want to really have an extraordinarily created life, unconstrained, unleashed, um, because we get to, we get to have it all.
0: Yeah, I love that. So. Even if you don't want to get coaching, uh, support from Tina, uh, listen to her videos because they're spot on. Uh, that's how we've, we've connected. And, um, so they are open. Again, you can find Tina. And those videos through LinkedIn and uh, what she's offering on Instagram and Facebook. So Tina, I really want to thank you for this. This time just flew by. And I really want to thank you. And um, absolutely, you and I are going to stay connected. So thanks again for, for being a guest on my podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's been a blast. I could talk to you for hours. I
0: know, I know. Thanks again, Tina. Talk soon.